You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. There was an idea. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people. See if they could become something more. I have an army. We have a Hulk. This is the Marvel Tribe, brought to you by Walt's Apartment Podcast and the Diz Insider. Avengers! Assemble. Well, welcome to another episode of the Marvel Tribe. Uh, I am one of your hosts, uh, Blurred Hulk, as well as we got our main man, Lou Knight here, a.k.a. Lewis, a.k.a. the man with a thousand nicknames here. He's bringing some amazing dynamic perspectives to the Marvel Universe here. So we are... Uh, we are missing one of our key hosts and stuff because it's the fourth, but you know what? We decided we, we got to carry on. So we, we gathered together and we formed our own mini Avengers team and we're going to break down this episode just for you. So we're doing this on the special 4th of July episode of uh, Secret Invasion number two, just for you, all the fans, are the, all the Marvel tribe people out there. So without further ado, let's feel the pulse in your chest so you know you're alive. One love. What's the? Oh my god! I just butchered that. This is why they write down these these scripts for the intro, and we're gonna have a pre-recorded one. So I butchered that. But one love, one tribe is the one and only Marvel tribe. The so Marvel tribe. I'm ready. Lou, happy Fourth of July, man. Same to you, man. Same to you. So we're just going to kind of pick up and just kind of go. It's going to be kind of, in my opinion, it's going to be a bit of an unorthodox show. Um, if you haven't seen episode two for uh, Secret Invasion, this is a spoiler warning. So go watch that. This is a podcast, so you can stream this after. You can even stream it before if you don't really care about spoilers or any of that other stuff. Um, but this is going to be our take on episode two. And um, we have some interesting things. So uh, we we're in the middle of talking about it a little bit. And I was like, oh, let's just get this all on, on recording so our fans can kind of listen to our, our, our back and forth on, on this episode. So before we got started, I I, I stopped uh, Lou. I'm going to recontinue and let Lou kind of give me some of his insight on, on Fury and, and everything else. And then we'll just kind of break into the, the different pieces of the, the show and wrap it up from there. So, all right, Lou. You so I, I, I'll recap a brief. I like War Machine Don Cheeto uh, Rhodes. I like him in this episode. I hope this is a kind of a rebranding of Rose because one, we have secret evasion. We have secret wars coming out. We have armored wars coming out. So there's so much where he's going to play a vital piece that I hope this aggressiveness, I hope they keep it because for me, Rhodes, whether you go Terrence Howard's Rhodes or Don, she goes in the early stages of Iron Man was a cool character that you didn't see a lot, but then he became a key character where he was always there. And I was like, all right. But now it's like, okay, now he's always going to be here, and here's why. I love that. 
Nick Fury, there is something in this episode. There's something in the series so far. Nick Fury is different. I love the um, approach they're taking with him. That story, and it's going a little bit ahead, where he's sharing in the train with Talos about what his mother used to do, you know, how they used to ride the train. They used to bring fried chicken, pound cake, the boiled egg. I love that part. But that part for me, as much as I love it, feels like that's not our Nick Fury. Because Nick Fury was always never a personal storyteller. Unless it's something new, it was just always a team, a service, very a military mindset. But this series, we're getting a whole lot of, hey, where did we come from? How did we get here? You hear it in the conversation with him and War Machine when they start using the word brother and stuff like that. You're, I'm like, that doesn't seem – now, if it's intentional to throw you off of Nick Fury, I think they are selling it well. But it's those conversations that make me believe Fury is not the Fury we know because it's a new, it's a new style of Fury talking that we haven't heard before. And so for me – I don't know if I like it or don't like it yet, but right now, to, to go back to another uh, Samuel L. Jackson mo- movie, I'm mm. quoting Django. At first, you have my curiosity, but now you got my attention. Like, I really like the way they're going with this theory, and I'm awesome. trying to understand it. So, all right. So, let me, since we talked about those two characters, uh, Rhodey and Fury, let me, let me give you my, my little, little take. And I'm not trying to change your mind, just, just, just what I've noticed. Uh, so, um, I'll start, I'll start backwards. I'll start with Fury. So, um, over the years, you know, since Fury's got introduced, uh, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, we kind of developed and learned that Fury is kind of, he's the man on the wall. He's very clandestine, and his movements uh, is very motivated. Everything he does has a a, a motive, whether it's visible uh, to us or revealed later, and and it's kind of hidden and stuff because it's, it's a part of his ch- ch- chess strategy. You know, uh, you see a chess master kind of sitting in the park playing chess with somebody. They'll have a conversation with you. They're not really just interested in you. They're they're trying to figure out who you are and your strategy and, and the way you think, the way you tick. Nick has this. It doesn't turn off for him. So you're right. He is sharing a little bit more about his home life. And we'll talk about because there's a train scene as well as the scene with Rhodey where he's kind of revealing about like how his mom, you know, back in segregation times, they would, you know, take the segregated train from Alabama and everything else. That was there was motives behind that and stuff, in my opinion, from what I saw. Same with the with the 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 brother talk talking about how you know we we you know have to you know uh, be phenomenal in front of mediocre men and everything else to get where we are and and all this because they don't give it to us. Um, there are some code motivated motivating talk with him and Rhodey in that conversation, so we can we can dive into that because I have some notes on that, but Rhodey, I'm going to say this. Um, I think Rhodey's a scroll. Um, Rhodey personality changes. And I know it's changed for the better for some, like people want to see more of a gruff kind of a, you know, matter of fact, ballsy kind of like kind of versus the, the he's, he's kind of emerging into his own where he's always been relegated to the sidekick. 
Rhodey's always been the the not the comic relief, the uh, just the, just the buddy. In the and the you know, there's the main star, and then there's your buddy. He's the buddy. That's not the case here. He's he's making moves. He's stepping into his own, and 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 so that's not you don't tend to rewrite that character uh, for no reason. You know, that's just not a a character development and stuff uh, that just naturally occurs. You know, if you're the psychic, you're typically relegated to that's your art. That's the box that you you live in and stuff. Um, So what so with that and just a little bit of other uh, theories that I have um, and, and actually I'll share with you guys this one. I've been noticing uh, a lot of the scroll-ish characters and stuff. They tend to drop subtle clues. I don't know if this is done purposely or I'm just going off a, a, on a wild goose chase here. But you see a lot of uh, green and purple around them or they're wearing green and purple. Uh, so when like they had the meeting of the councils, there a lot of those human forms were wearing green and purple, and then they shape shift into scrolls. There is there is a few situations where I'm looking at 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 the scrolls in their human forms, and they're wearing green and purple, and then boom, they're revealed as scrolls. Not saying this is. Um, it's subtle enough to where it's not too noticeable, but we understand those are the color arts of, you know, I mean, and they, they show it in, in the hint and the lighting and everything else and stuff uh, with Gia and the car and kind of the scenery. And, and the, there's the tinges of tint. Well, Rhodey was rocking and, and, and this might be a far stretch here in that meeting with, with a uh, 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 theory, a uh, 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 light, green kind of military kind of that pastel military uh shirt that they that you know you see the professionals wear uh and he had some green uh, little pennants on his tie i mean red i'm sorry purple pennants on his tie so i'm like okay are they really being that obvious at least for me because i'm looking at the color piece that you know this dude is is potentially a scroll or are are they are are is just just I'm just going off on the on the rabbit hole here. So yeah, so th- that's my thing with those two characters in in the, in this in this in this. So show. you mentioned something that I that I that I, I I'm kind of I'm on, I think on the same page. I agree everything you said about Fury, and mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. And I hope that if if it is strategy, I hope then this Fury we're seeing is the Fury we know and love because then it just makes him a deeper of a threat, but a more badass than anybody else anticipates. If yeah. he's a scroll, I feel like then that was a waste of character character development that was really good for that character. Mm-hmm. Um, for but I think we ha- I think we have two furies, okay. and I think they are exactly the same dress wise because in that scene where um, uh, War Machine on mm-hmm. the phone and he's looking around, he doesn't see anything, and normally. In the Marvel movies, they kind of like give you a, a sight to kind of see how they're watching them. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It in that. So I'm curious if this theory that met with War Machine was a duplicate, and never that the real theory Ooh. that we started the season with never showed up because now we know. Uh, if you watch this episode, we know a few people that are big heads in in this show are actually scrolls. We found out in this episode, so. Mm-hmm. I wonder there was a there was a scroll we saw in that meeting with Rhodes. Like, why mm-hmm. are you here? And he gave the best speech of all time. 
And then the phone rings and says, that's a nice suit. Well, how did Fury see the suit? They didn't give us any acknowledgement on how Fury actually saw Rhodes' suit. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, not to jump ahead of the episode, but if you watch the ending of the episode, there's something that's kind of a cool little twist. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. if we have two Furies, both exactly the same, and we're going to get some crazy flashback in the last episode of when the real Fury was there and when the fake Fury was there. Okay. All right. So, I, okay. I, I, I like I like the I like the the theory hole you're going down and stuff with this. So, all right. So let's let's kind of get into into it. So, so the title of episode two is called Promises, and it really kind of ties into the the promise that uh, Nick Fury and Talos made to to the refugees, uh, the, you know, the, the the scrolls about you know, and 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 uh, Captain Marvel about finding them a new place. So it kind of starts off with you know them back in 1997, where Ty- Talos introduces Fury to all these scrolls refugees. No, a good handful of them, and Fury, you know, you know makes uh, makes a promise to them like, hey, if you help us, you know, here on Earth, you know, I promise you, I will help you. You know, uh, this is this could be a good alliance and stuff. And so, and in that, we also get introduced to. Um, a Gravik as a child, you know, as well as Gia, uh, who's who's a younger child than Gravik. So I it kind of threw my theory off that Fury could be Gravik's dad. Now, don't get me wrong, he could be stepdad or mentor. Like he looked up to something happened to where you know uh, Gravik has Fury's number and stuff like that. You know, most people don't have a personal vendetta unless there's some personal shit going on and stuff. So. So while they're not blood related and stuff, which does show that Fury is married to a scroll, but they're not. But the, but the dad, the dad son thing could be more of a mentor mentee kind of situation and stuff with Gravik. But yeah, so they so they pledge to uh, work with Fury and help him uh, protect Earth and do all you know, kind of be like uh, his his uh, shield agents are his his team um and fury you know promised he would he would help find them a home well kind of uh we all know that he broke that promise and that never really happened and and people can say for a variety i mean we can always guesstimate uh and speculate why that promise didn't get fulfilled and stuff i mean the kree it controls uh a lot of the a lot of the 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 galaxy and stuff as far as sympathizer and everything else. So maybe it's hard for them to find a home, you know, Captain Marvel's out there scouring the place. We know that since 95 to 97, they were out with Captain Marvel looking for a new place. So that's why they ended back on earth because they couldn't find a suitable home, you know, for whatever the reasons is, you know, we can speculate on that piece. So anyway, they're back home on earth and so they're working. This is part of the agreement with with Fury and stuff. Now, fast forward, it goes back to the square where the you know the bombing takes place, and Gravik shoots Maria Hill, and kind of shows him just kind of saunters off like no big deal. I'm the new badass kid on the block and stuff. Uh, Fury gets you know uh, uh, tackled, and we find out it's by Talos thrown in the back of the van and you know driven off and everything. 
this chaos chaos ensued. Uh, the the scroll that uh, we saw who got mind wiped and and who was a he was an American who not who hates Russian. He was anti Russian American force, and then he when he got captured purposely by the by the Russian uh, police, he kept saying, "I'm an American." I'm an American. I'm an American. He wanted to illustrate the point that this attack was done by Americans and stuff, which is what really kind of ginned up this big global kind of beef and stuff, which is like, you know, which is what Gravik is trying to trying to do. So any 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 feedback on just that the, the, those parts of the opening scenes and stuff like that? For for me, uh I, I nothing on theory wise, but I did mm-hmm. think that piece was again going to the sixth episode thing they could have flushed it a little bit more smoother but i think that scene really sets up that energy to say oh snap where are we going with this so no i think that was an opening the 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 tallow scene with fury shows Mm -hmm. how how dangerous the scrolls can be because you really don't know i think that was kind of foreshadowing what was to come yeah. Well, and, and and the thing about it too, and I was trying to put it in perspective, like scrolls. I mean, we we in the comic books, they're just bad and stuff. But here, they added a new dimension to them, and and ever since Captain Marvel and stuff, like when I first saw Captain Marvel, I'm like, oh, what they're making? They're refugees. They need help. They're good. But as we're kind of the their their characters of their of their species being developed, they're similar to humans. Like there's some bad humans that don't represent all of us. And then there's some really good ones who are just trying to live a peaceable life. So they're just as complex and diverse as as a species as we are and stuff. And so I really liked that the MCU brought that out versus just a race of bad warmongering species and stuff. So that was kind of cool. And you see that in that stat, like their governmental circle, that meeting they had with Gravik. Mm-hmm. You saw that where they were like against what he was doing. Yep. And he shared why he's doing it. He, he won the majority of the table over, but then at the same time, the one prime minister he that he didn't win over shared, are you yeah. guys forgetting that we are homeless because we were eager to go to war, not yep. because we didn't want to go to war, and kind of shows like there is a battle within ourselves in doing this. Um, but at the same time, I do think your theory that you should, we shared before Secret Invasion started I do think that the uh, uh, Super Scroll is in the works. Yep. And there is a scene with Gaia in a laboratory that looks very much like, I mean, mean, you could take any tech, but that Mm -hmm. portal thing looks Mm -hmm. like tech that might have four reasons why it's being built. I'm just saying. Yep. Oh yeah. No, I I, I agree. So uh, so so let's jump into so like fast forward to present day. After you know we get the we get the 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 times the town square scene and stuff. Um, uh, you know we we see you know uh uh, uh Gia, Gia with Gravik and stuff, and he's uh she's taking him to a secret meeting, and and. He's he's kind of suspicious of her. We find out, like, I mean, it's there's no secret that she's Talos's daughter. He and when there's no secret that Gravik despises Talos and stuff, he's just kind of keeping her at arm's length, like close but not too close. Like he's not sharing secrets with her, but he keeps her close enough to keep an eye on her and stuff. 
I so, think he keeps her close as a secret weapon to <laughs> stop Talos if and when he needs it. Like I yeah. will break. I, 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 you're not coming full force at me because you know I have her, yeah. and I'm not worried about you because I have her. So Correct. almost like a safety net for himself. Yeah, body armor. Like this nope. is she's my she's my shield and stuff. So you know, so whatever he feels about her, I, I honestly don't think he cares one way or the other about her and stuff. I think it is really is about keeping Talos at bay and everything else. And so she's, and I think she, I said she was bad in the, in the last episode, but based off of this new episode and stuff, she, she might be working in the angle. I'll just say that much. And mm-hmm. stuff. Her true motivations are yet to be determined as to what she's doing, but she's definitely working the angle. <laughs> Um, there's, so there's, there's a part where it fast forwards us to the train scene where these uh, Russian guards are on the hunt for Nick Fury. Uh, so, um, and then they, you know, go, they're going to cart to cart. They go to this one cart and this, uh, uh, pretty blonde answers, um, you know, and she, they hold up a picture of Nick Fury and, you know, he, they, they, she jokes like really a, a black man on, on a Russian train, it'd be easier to find an alien and stuff like and so, uh, so they laugh and they snicker off and then they walk away. And then, you know, she, uh, cl- she closes the door and then she transforms back into Talos. And then there's Nick Fury sitting there and they have this kind of little, really real banter back and forth and stuff. And some things were revealed. I mean, so Nick was talking about how, you know, him and <clears throat> his mom would travel in the segregated trains uh in alabama and they used to you know divide their time play this game about tell me something true that you never told me before and nick talked about how and this is where i think there's this setup like you know there's this emotional uh reveal about his past and a little bit of who he is which you know most spies don't tend to share but i think there was a point of that and stuff it was kind of a setup so he was talking about the the truth, like you know, like you know his uh, the, you know his uh, friend Sally May or whatever. Uh, yeah, Susie played they they play doctor and all the time, but he he lied to his mom and but he's like that lie told her, his mom everything she needed, and and then he goes on to transition to so tell me something that I don't know, you know, tell me what's what's going on, tell me about what really happened on Skrullos, your planet, and stuff like that. And he's like, I told you everything, Nick, and everything. Anyway, Nick broke him down and got him to, to talk about how the fact that, you know, they were in a war, you know, with the Kree, and, you know, they Kree destroyed the nation. They, they Some of them escaped. Um, uh, some went with, you know, uh, who, God, I forgot the guy's name, Dro- Emperor Droga. He, I guess Emperor Droga set off a colony and he had loyalists and stuff there. What up? Oh, Fury himself. Oh. Okay. All right. That's that's cool. We had a short interlude here with uh, those who can't see what happened <laughs> with uh, our Sean, with Sean, who is our Nick Fury for the Waltz Apartment podcast here. But he he stepped away. So. I don't know if that was a mistake or if he's coming back. So, anyway, so there, so he taught, he starts talking about Skull uh, Rolls and everything. And he's like, Yeah, tell me something I don't really know. And, you know, and this is the part where he reveals there's a million scrolls on Earth right now. And, and Fury flips his shit. He drops like, the best line ever. Oh, man. 
He so, says, yeah. have you lost your reptilian, what is it, reptilian damn mind? <laughs> mind? Yeah, yes. And and the truth is, so I, I, I see this from two, I, actually, they both, ta- ta- uh, Talos and Fury, really both uh, 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 make good points and stuff here. So Fury was snapped. So Talos didn't do this when Fury was here. He did this not knowing if Fury's ever going to come back. Half of the planet was gone. And he still had people to protect and to find homes for. And he's like, I I sent out a signal. Half of Earth is gone. And a million scrolls answered and came to the planet. Because, you know, when you go from 8 billion people down to 4 billion, there's plenty of room and stuff. You know, resources in there. So he thought he was doing a good thing. He's like, you weren't there. I had no idea if you're coming back or anything. And then Fury goes into the fact that, look, here's the deal. We we can't even get along with our own selves, okay? We've been at war with each other since we were walking on two legs. We don't have the patience or the tolerance for another species. Are You've been here for the past 30 years. Did you not see that? And he's like, I had no choice. I had to find my people a home, period. So I, I see the points on both sides, and they're both two things can be true. You know, like, hey, I don't know you're coming back, you know, so it is up to me to find my people at home. Why not? Why not Earth? But, and you know what? He brings in a key piece, though, because he says now and he and he calls out Fury. He says not only where I thought you were gone, not coming back. When you came back, you were only here for a very small moment before mm-hmm. you were up in your spaceship, which yep. I I don't think that's enough to really really hammer out that story but i felt like that was a big enough line to give us like okay that is a different story in itself you've acknowledged it you shared he was there we're moving on with this story and i thought it was i want to hear more but at the same time if i don't hear more i'm okay with just that amount because it was delivered excellent absolutely absolutely so they they ended up, you know, he he kicked him off the train, like, hey, this is your stop. You know, I can't believe you. And Nick felt so hurt and everything else and stuff. And I again, I personally think it was it's an all an act. Nick Nick does what he does to get his to get his the information he needs and stuff. This is also why I'm still sticking true to the fact that I think Marie Marie Hill's death is just a, it's a so she can go deep undercover. She can be a ghost. I mean, if the scroll's not looking for her as an agent and America, because we're not looking for, you know, our government's not looking for her as an agent because we have sleeper cells and stuff. The best way Nick can, can infiltrate and navigate, he's too visible, right? And he may be a scroll or he has a scroll doubling as him. So he, he probably is aware of that himself, that there's someone out personating myself. So he's on people's radar. A dead Maria Hill can give Nick all the leverage he really kind of needs and operates as a ghost. That's my opinion. I'm gonna stick, I'm gonna stick to that. Which fast forwards us to the casket scene where she's getting a, a, a honorable death. You know, you see the American flag draped over her casket. Um uh Elizabeth Hill, I believe, is 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 Maurice Hill's mom, is there. And she confronts Fury, you know, pissed off, saying, no one's telling me anything. What's going on? Tell me what happened. And he's like, she died on my watch and you were there and blah, blah. And so she was pissed. Like, you better not you better make something of of her death and stuff. So it really shows how deep 
undercover, at least in my opinion, it doesn't sh- that that this is going that even the family, the mom is grieve mom is grieving for her daughter. She believes her daughter is because who knows who's a scroll? Who knows if, if mom doesn't grieve and that grief isn't real, someone will be like, oh, something's up, right? I, I'm thinking we are in the spy thriller mist of things and stuff like that. So mom can't know. The only two people on, on this planet that know Maria is is, a, is alive should be Maria and Nick. So that's that's my take on that. Part. I, and, I, and I like it. I and mean, I do like it. But and I, I don't disagree with that. I, I am more so that Maria Hill is dead, but okay, there is okay. a gut feeling that she could bounce back. But mm-hmm. if she is not dead, that leads me to believe that Rhodes is not a scroll. Okay, okay. Because I feel like they would have did their tests and all that to make sure this is Maria Hill. It's, mm. I mean, because obviously Rhodey knows a lot of the mindset and, and the chess ways, way Avengers move, shield moves, all of that. He's triple checking if that's Maria Hill. And if not, he's if he is a scroll, he's using his powers in as Rhodes to triple check that that's Maria Hill. Mm-hmm. And right now, it looks like Fury doesn't have a whole lot of pawns left on his side of the chessboard. That everybody is kind of against him at this point. Now, mm-hmm. if that's the actual people against him, or scrolls and variation of people that are against him, but then again, though, that's why it leads me to believe that Fury is a double agent in this. We have Fury, OG Fury, and we have mm-hmm. Scroll Fury, because right now, for him being as wanted as he is, being right next to Elizabeth Hill, like, that's out there in the open. Like, why would you show yourself like that? In- mm-hmm. Unless he's over there, well, Scroll Fury is now, you know, cat and mousing with Rhodes. Like, hey, I'm doing this to find out what you know. Mm-hmm. So, but or then again, there is the third factor, and that could just be, hey, we only have six episodes, so we're trying to keep this ball. Cram, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but they're doing so far a pretty good job of pacing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm, a, I think Maria Hill is, I'm about 40, 60, 60 saying she's understand not yeah. returning. Um, but at the same time, I it's 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 really a an eye opener to see how quick Fury's pawns are mm-hmm. going against him. But at the same time, it's a very powerful thing saying, I'm not calling my queen to the chessboard, meaning the Avengers, because they shared, hey, what about, you know, the event? Like, no, no, we're not bringing them into this. Like, let's, yes. So let's, let's talk about that. Let me, let me set, let me set this up first. And then let's talk about that meeting with him and Rhodes. But okay. um, let's, let's talk about the, so, so the, the high council, the high scroll council meeting. With Gravik. So Gravik is coming, you know, he's being driven by Gia to the high council uh, meeting that um, previously Talos was a part of and got kicked out of. Um, he comes in kind of, you know, just, you know, Gravik comes in. He walks in with this bravada, like, just like, uh, I'm that guy. I'm that dude. And so he sits at the meeting and stuff. And he he does something that reminds me of Ultron. So when he's talking about humans and dogs and stuff like how, you know, dogs don't lock each other up. They don't, you know, they don't, you know, uh, sell each other. They don't do all this other stuff. They don't destroy their environment. Like 
this was almost likened to the Ultron's uh, scene where Ultron came to the realization of what humans really were and stuff. So they came to the same conclusion, which Ultron was a fierce beast to be reckoned with. So having that thought process in your mind about this species, about human beings, means you really have no regard for, for humans at all. You, you, you see them as a certain thing. It's almost kind of like uh, in the Matrix with Mr. Smith and how he views humans are a parasite. It makes it easier when you don't t- see the humanity in something to squash it, to destroy it, to take it over. So we know right there, Gravik revealed his motivations. Like humans ain't, there ain't nothing. There's, you know, and then, you know, they said, oh, that's a very simplistic uh, uh, view. That's the real view. That's a real view. He's like, that's the real view of human beings. I've been here long enough to, to know that. Then he performed the coup and he's like, well, don't you have something to say? And she gets nominated as the as the high general of the council of the council, which means he's in control of all of the scrolls who is really trying to kind of take things over and stuff. And we have the, you know, we have the one council member who makes the plea about, you know, how this is not, you know, we shouldn't be trying to go to war and trying to take things over. We, you know, we lost our planet because like you said, Lou, we are too eager to go to war, you know, and, 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 and battle. It wasn't because we're trying to be a peaceful uh, society and everything else and stuff. So he gets dubbed, general of the scrolls and yeah it's i mean it's it's his show to run now and, and you uh, mentioned the key line in there too when they because they asked him too mm-hmm. like well what happens when the avengers return and he says mm-hmm. you don't think i thought of that and mm-hmm. I, yes. I almost, I'm, I'm almost curious what does that plan entail because i mean it almost reminded me of the old pokemon movie when the final stadium and it's just like two Pikachu's fighting each other. And all I pictured was like an infinity war scene with like double caps fighting each other. But I want to, I hope, I hope, and I doubt we're going to get it, but I hope for that scene, we get a little bit more insight of what his plan is. If the Avengers were to return during this, they're obviously not, but if some of the Avengers would return, what does that plan look like? I want to see it, even though we probably won't ever. So I think so. Here, here's here's my thought process because I, I think when we find out um, when you know Gia uh, kind of uh, follows um, you know uh, from a short distance, uh, Gravik and, and his henchmen into kind of the secret area that she hasn't kind of gone to, and she sees there's this device that she's that they're working on and everything else, and they're talking about the harvest. Which is like, um, you know, it's not really mentioned in, in the comics or anything, but there is a holy spiritual because um, uh, they are they, they kind of mesh magic and spirituality and science all together. That's what the scrolls does. So there's this kind of a ritual that they do to kind of help them transform into these other beings and stuff that's, you know, you know, for the for the super scrolls and stuff. So that right there is like, oh, the harvest is is, is probably that that ceremony, that ritual and stuff. Now with that, when she's, you know, breaking into, you know, onto the computer and we get a really nice Easter egg of, and we don't, you know, we don't know if there's more that they've captured, but they've caught pieces of other world uh, creatures or, or entities that are being experimented on. So we get Groot, 
We get Cole Obsidian, which is his hand gets chopped off. Uh, Groot been there several times and left pieces of him there. Uh, we get uh, Extremis, which is from uh, uh, Iron Man Iron 3. 3. And then Shang-Chi, we see a a version of the extremists fighting inside of the the fight cages and stuff like that. And we get the Frost Beast. So looking at just those four before she gets, you know, before Gravik steps in and she like tries to, there could have been more. There could have been pages of different, you know, you know, think of DNA that they're playing with and trying to make this what what we believe is Super Scroll. I mean, I, I think it's we're definitely going the Super Scroll route. I said that before the movie, before the show even started. That that's what I think that we're gonna get is see Super Scroll, and I, it looks like that we're marching down that that line of thought. Now, with that said, this is a theory. A lot of the 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 ones we saw with the the Groot, Cole, and all that is kind of reminding me of the Fantastic Four, and just hear me out on this couldn't couldn't possibly be or or, you know or or whatever but if we look at like uh so mr fantastic reed richards he has stretch abilities so does Groot, right he can stretch uh cole obsidian is a brute no he's one of thanos children's who else is the big brute thing the thing you know we have extremists who is it has temperature and fire flames and he can shoot Beams like we saw in, in Iron Man three, and you know he just you know his whole body turns into this like this sweltering over you know over burning heater and furnace and stuff like who the Human Torch, and then the last one which is the Frost Beast, which has nothing to do with Sue Storm Invisible Girl. So I don't have, <laughs> I mean I, I don't know too much about the Frost Beast. Maybe Frost Beast can cl- camouflage itself. So that could be the invisible girl power, but or it just they gave us three and not the fourth to make it obvious. So I see, and I'm I'm on, I'm like on the upper end of that same page with you. I I think they're dropping those characters we do know, mm-hmm. knowing like, hey, they are testing and trialing this, and not that there's any similarities to the Fantastic Four, but. I wouldn't at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if that like portal thing, because it has a very Avengers the first one looking style, where it's like, hey, this is a doorway to and from somewhere where you can they can use it, and the doorway brings somebody in from the Fantastic Four. Because all we need is one of them to really domino. Oh, that's how they got all their powers. We will see the Fantastic Four eventually. And also, it it helps Marvel, if we're going really far out there, it helps Marvel not have to do another origin story. You know the Fantastic Four. We know they're coming anyway. But yeah. in the MCU, now you don't have to do an origin story. You know that the Fantastic Four have already went down the whatever aisle way they went to to become the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And I think if we are going to see somebody, I think we're going to see Reed Richards. Why? That is the first Fantastic Four that they haven't confirmed that it's casted, but he seems to be the one that's always casted right now. Mm-hmm. And I would not be surprised if we see not necessarily who's Mr. Reed Richards, but mm-hmm. you walk in and say Reed Richards is knocked out but fully stretched out, and all you see is some type of version of their Fantastic Four logo, mm-hmm. and then a cut scene. 
And so I think you might be honest with the Super Scroll. It was a solid theory at the beginning before the show started. Mm-hmm. But after this episode, I think it's a higher chance. Not a guarantee, yeah. but it's definitely a higher chance now. I agree. I agree. So, uh, so I, I find this this also interesting too, and and this is just kind of a side a side thought, because um, as as we as they mentioned the Avengers, because you know, because uh, when we talk about this the scene where we get the meeting with Rhodey and Fury and stuff, and and you know they they do mention the Avengers, and I was thinking about this, um, all the Avengers over the all, over the twenty plus two dozen uh, movies and stuff, they've all we're giving we've we've gotten backstories on almost everyone except for Rhodey. Rhodey is his backstory is really kind of I mean Fury was one, but now we're getting a little bit of Fury, and we got that in Captain Marvel as well too. Um, but Rhodey is he's still his backstory is kind of a mystery and stuff. We know he's a patriot. You know, we know he's Cap's best friend. You know, they, they went to MIT together. He chose the military life uh, as an officer and everything else and, you know, worked his way up to be a colonel and everything else. He's the liaison for superheroes uh, with the president. So we know that, but th- that's all surface stuff. Those are rankings and titles and stuff. We don't know shit about Rhodey. And I, and I thought, I just realized that. I was like, that's kind of odd because he's, I mean, that's War Machine. We don't, uh, we don't really get Rhodey's motivations and stuff, which is also why I also believe. Oh, oh my my watch is talking to me. It says that's not nice. I don't care. Um, but we we. It's also why I believe that he he is a scroll because we might get there might be a backstory of who Rhodey is uh, actually is and how he became a scroll. Or I, I don't know. I, I just noticed that it's such an odd thing that we don't have any back history on Mr. War Machine himself. So so with that, I have a question I'm going to throw out to you. Okay. Is there any characters that we know in the MCU mm-hmm. that do you think will will show up in this show or, or in future MCU projects that's as a scroll, but we find out that they've been a scroll the entire MCU theory? So, for instance, do you think there's a chance that, A, everything we know and love about Rhodey has, mm-hmm. has – it's still him, but it's him through the scroll. So, therefore, do we like that scroll? Because, yes, he did help save a lot of people. He did go to bat for, you know, the Avengers and all that stuff. But he was a, he was a scroll the entire time. Do you think there's any characters that they go that far back to say, hey, they were a scroll this entire time? So here's here's why I say no. Um, we may not actually. Actually, here's why I say I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to say no, uh, but I don't think Rhodey was an entire time only because of Civil War. If Civil War didn't happen and he envisioned it and shoot laser beam his ass out of the sky and he fell and almost died, like he was he was messed up, paralyzed, blood coming out and unconscious he would have transformed back into the, his scroll self. So that's the only thing that I'm holding on is that scene. If it is true that he was a scroll the whole time, then there, there's a hole, you know, it's one of those kind of plot holes inside mm-hmm. the, the MCU because of that scene. But there's that one, that's the only scene that is stopping me from saying, I don't think he or possibly someone, I mean, it could be someone else, 
that uh, another character, but definitely I don't think it was him. I think there's some point in between, you know, and here's the thing at the meeting when Nick Fury was talking about like, Hey, revealing like he, Nick Fury thought he was revealing that scrolls was a thing. And he's like, no, I, I knew about them for 15 years, which exactly. Yeah. Which took place during Iron Man one. That's, you know, about 2009 ish in the MCU timeline. So mm-hmm. since I, the first Iron Man is when Rhodey was revealed about the secret, um, you know, that revealed that scrolls are a thing and stuff. Uh, Nick Fury apparently did not know that Rhodey knew because he thought he was the one dropping the, mm-hmm. the you know, the, the A-bomb and stuff on, on him. Um, so I thought that was that was interesting. Um, I, I Here's my that interaction, that, that, that back and forth. Like I, I, I get Nick Fury is trying to um, play up the whole like, hey, you know, we're, we're brothers and, you know, we have to help each other out and stuff like because no one else is doing it. You know, we we had to scale to our positions in, in, in light of mediocre men and, uh, me, you know, mediocre men just kind of in our way and doing everything, not giving us opportunity. We had to take our stuff. So we both come from that similar cut cloth. Now, with that said. I know you, you you're saying like you know you believe that he's being very emotional and very kind of personal about things. I think this is all there's motivations behind these conversations. He's playing chess and he's kind of testing Rhodey out and stuff with these with 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 that and stuff. And Rhodey, you know, came back firing, not you know, going falling for anything and end up ultimately firing. Nick Nick Fury, like, oh, you know, I'm I came personally to tell you you're fired. I signed up for this job to you know let you know that you're you're fired. But when he asked, so here's my thing. When he when when Rhodey asked, why don't we call our friends to Nick? Nick turned that down immediately, like, no, you don't we don't want you know uh the Avengers involved with this. You know, the, the next thing we know, the scrolls will be um, you know, uh you know, pretending to be the Avengers and, you know, doing crimes and everything else and stuff. This is why I really strongly believe Rhodey is a scroll because he knows about that project about creating a super scroll and what better way to get more DNA and to get more things is to capture some of the Avengers and stuff. So why not you, Nick, call the, call the Avengers, bring them out and stuff. So I think he's a scroll. No one's going to convince me otherwise. Just the way that conversation. I was waiting for this part of the show, that scene, to talk about why I'm really truly convinced Rhodey is a scroll. So. And, and it's 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 very ironic that that's what you think because I'm smiling over here because that's the same exact reason why I think Nick Fury is a scroll. <laughs> okay. Because I really feel like. If I mean, granted, and I hope, I hope we get another chance to like revision Thor because mm-hmm. Love and Thunder Thor coming down, he probably wouldn't be able to spot it. But Thor riding around Thor Avengers, where he's able to like, this is uh something's off here. I feel like if you if you were to bring Thor down, like he'd be able to like, nah, this isn't something's not right, mm-hmm. and spot that. Um, not only that, I feel like. We, it's weird for Fury not to bring them into this when realistically, like he hasn't seen them since Infinity War. And if this is bigger than Infinity War, you should be reaching out to them. Like mm-hmm. those are Earth's mightiest heroes, and okay. now Earth is under attack, and you're not going to call your A team to come in and 
And, and, and again, this goes back to what I shared last episode. It feels kind of odd. And Rhodey even called him out. It's what are you taking on a million scrolls? Like, how does that make sense? And that's kind of my argument last episode. Like, at this point, Hill's either dead or alive. Mm-hmm. Ross, it was the Ross that we saw was a scroll. Colson, Colson's been gone for a hot minute. And now now you just lost Rhodes. Like, who else do you call upon? If if Hill is not dead, cool. Mm-hmm. But she has to stay in the shadows for whatever you're doing to make sense. Unless, and I'm just, I'm throwing this out here and this is a long shot. Unless the way Fury beats him is he becomes the super scroll. And now he's a good super scroll, which could play to the MCU where they like, don't really make bad guys. They're just bad guys that like the record Ralph saying, Mm-hmm. And he becomes a super scroll and really inv- embodying that. I don't see that happening, but I'm trying to see who else is in Theory's corner to really take on a million plus scrolls now. Okay. He, he even kind of kicked Dallas to the or Talos to the curb. Yep. All right. So let, let me give you one more pitch. And I'm not trying to dissuade you, but I just let me give you one more pitch as to why I think it's Rhodey uh, is a scroll. So during that conversation, they also had. So actually, let me let me let me uh, give some context to this. Okay. So back in Captain Marvel the movie, uh, Nick Fury and Carol Danvers is having a conversation, and uh, Nick is talking about how everyone calls him Fury. Everyone, like my colleagues, my subordinates, his own. You know, she's like, "Well, what does your mom call you, Fury? Well, what do you call your mom?" Fury, like it's it's it is like you know no one calls me Nick everyone calls me Fury right so that's the context fast forward to the scene where they're meeting he says what's up Nick Rhodes calls Fury Nick throughout this conversation and stuff so what sparks their uh Fury's conversations about things you know who else called him Nick that we've seen that that really kind of uh, stood up the hairs on, on Fury's uh, neck was Fury's boss, the director, when the elevator scene, when he come, walks in and, and he's like, hey, what's what's going on, Nick? Or what, what, what do you have? To, whatever the thing is, he says Nick. In the elevator scene, and the elevator scene is closed. Boom, busts him as a scroll. It was pivotal. Like right there, he's like, okay, he, you played your hand. And at that time, there was a young Nick Fury. So he, he didn't he wanted, you know, he, you know, he wanted to end the scroll. So he went after his boss. Turned out to be it was a scroll and everything else because he called him Nick. Rhodey knows he's he's supposed to call Fury Fury. Everyone does from uh, from Tony Stark to Bruce Banner to Scarlet Witch. I mean, sorry, um, to um, Black Widow to everybody. You know, Fury is Fury. He's not Nick. So for that to happen, I don't think that's a Mar- uh, MCU plot mistake. That was a very purposely done uh, setup for that conversation that unfolds. So that's all I'm saying. There's a there's a historical Easter egg with context about why I think Rhodey is a scroll. So with that, I will meet you in the middle, and I'm going to go Fury and Rhodes that we see so far. Could be yeah. our scrolls. I I I. Given the way the conversation was having, that it was a very on our level conversation, mm-hmm. and and not only that, 
him kind of firing Fury, I feel like him calling him Nick is like a very, hey, I don't think you have a thing of you as Fury no more. To me, you're just Nick. So okay. for me, I'm a little reserved on it, but the but I I, I do like that. So I, right now, Rhodes for me is like an 80 20, 80 more so that he's regular Rhodes, 20 that he's scroll. But nice. and the reason being is because right now. It would throw the it would throw the, the, the show off if you had two scrolls bantering like they were real and yet mm-hmm. they can't identify and we shared that they can't identify each other. Mm-hmm. But what is the context? If you're both scrolls, why are you bantering about Earth stuff yeah. if, if you're trying to defeat each other? But mm-hmm. we'd go to the end of that show, that episode, mm-hmm. and you find out who Fury's wife is or girlfriend or significant wife. other. Yeah, yeah. And I have some theories on that, but it's for that the way that ended is why I feel Rhodes is not a scroll. Okay. So uh Fury's wife in, in the end is is the same woman who introduced uh, uh Fury to to Gravic, the little mm-hmm. boy. You know? So you know when they the, the greeting with the, the intimate greeting with the head and stuff like that. So that's that's who who I you know believe is uh it wasn't confirmed confirmed but but yeah i I, i'm pretty sure the same person same same look same features everything else and stuff even though you know it's one was a scroll in the meeting with nick and the other was a scroll chopping you know cooking uh food and then transformed into nick fury's wife so nick knows he's married i believe well harley he knows he's married to a scroll uh she knows that nick probably prefers that version of herself so that's why she changed because even when scrolls are deep cover they stay deep cover they stay in their human form and no matter what so i i think that you know nick knows that his wife is a scroll and is okay with that because she he knows that not all scrolls are bad you know some are very good and righteous are doing doing good things and stuff so i don't think thinks he's fighting a million scrolls i think he's fighting a faction Inside of the scroll colony here, I don't think he knows his wife is a scroll. Oh, okay. And I think that's why um, she changed when he walks in. Yep, I think they've. She fell for him. He fell for her, mm-hmm. and that's why her son is pissed because his mom is staying in hiding to please Fury, mm-hmm. and he's trying to destroy. And that's probably why he's pissed at Fury. Like, dude, your stepdaddy issues. Step one hundred percent, because the fact that, like, not only did you promise, but during this promise, you fell in love, almost like a ego Star Lord, and you killed my mother type of vibe. Mm-hmm. And because if yes, he'd prefer if he does prefer that, but then again, that goes into the it goes against kind of what the scrolls are doing, and I don't think he does because. If he knew scrolls were here by the millions, mm-hmm. he would understand that when uh, Talos told that because his wife's one. Mm-hmm. I don't think he knows that his wife is a, a scroll. Yep. Or damn, that'd be some deception right there. So. Or we find out that again, like I've been saying, we find out that that theory is a scroll, and our theory never came down to earth when they when they called him, and Talos has been talking to a scroll is under this whole time. Because that would be a plot twist if all of a sudden Fury just gets to my night. You've been here. What do you mean I've just been here? Because there's something about the beard. 
that beard is throwing me off too. There's some of that image that he has right now that does not seem like a theory image. Okay. All right. I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying, where you're going with that. So there's a possibility he may not know. Um, but I, I will say this though, because no one really knew outside of there's one, a one shot scene with him and Captain America uh, having a conversation when he was in the inside that apartment saying, Hey, my wife kicked me out. I need some place, you know, I need a place to stay. Uh, that was the only reference ever to him being married and stuff. No one on the Avengers knew he never wore his wedding ring or anything, which is fine, which because I'll make him a target, you know, you know, Oh, he's married. Find his wife, find out who she, so I get that secrecy, but I also for the longest time thought that, 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 that wedding, that, I'm sorry, uh, the conversation with him and Kat was coded. Like it was a, a short code for something. Like my wife kicked me out. That's why I'm here. Like a joke. But no, it's true. He was married. So he's been married since Captain America, uh, at least. But I, uh, this is where you and I just diverge. Like I, I think he knows his wife is a scroll. Like he fell in love with her as a scroll and she changed for him and they got married so they can get married and do all in secret or whatever and stuff. But I was, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think, he knows, be, I mean, it'd be a twist. If theory, that's going to be the deception. Like Rhodes, is a, if, if Rhodes is a scroll Rhodes, like we talked about last episode, the president, yeah. my wife, like imagine yeah. the deception. And then it causes theory to really not trust anybody. That undermines Fury so much, though. Like he, he's not the master spy, espionage, super uh, soldier. I mean, not super soldier, but you know, you know, the men on the wall that the government trusts. Because how do you trust somebody who doesn't know his own wife? Is a is a freaking scroll. Like, and I so. and I agree. I agree. It does degrade him a little bit. But at the same time, if we're going on the business aspect of Marvel, okay, Samuel Jackson has has. Paid his, paid his dues for Marvel over and over. Okay. So they have to figure out some way to give him a, a harsh exit, like a very paying off one. For him to go up against this battle and find out everybody was against him, go out guns blazing hot, it gives him that righteous payoff. But also, too, for Marvel on a business aspect, it gives us a chance to have villains that are so embedded in the system for marketing and stories to come. So when you go comics-wise, yes, it does degrade the spy of all spies. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at it like, hey, Samuel Jackson's contract's coming to an end, if it's not already, we got to start blending on what we're doing for the future years. If we're looking on that aspect, I could see that deception being so hard Mm -hmm. that that's what puts Nick Fury out because now he doesn't trust anybody. Anybody. Everybody is, yeah, and drives them insane. Yeah, to the okay. point where like he goes out. He doesn't go out like on on a wimp, but he goes mm-hmm. out like Yondu, like Tony Stark, like every other cool character has in a, in a heat of battle, and he goes out. And it's it's a harsh reality for everybody. But now it gives the Avengers an initiative to reunite for those that are either still considered Avengers or the yeah. new Avengers to come through. And like we have a deeper threat. And it's time to go to work. Yep. Okay. Okay. I I, I hear I hear what you're saying. So th- there is a part that we skipped. So um, it's the last part uh, that which was the meat market. Uh, so Sonia. So we 
we all know that. So Sonia, Sonia, I believe is her name. Uh, Fallworth, Fallsworth is the European version of Nick Fury. So she's, you know, she's the old lady that captured Nick earlier and had, you know, had her goons bring him in and try to get intel. And Nick put the little camera on her aisle, on on her aisle and stuff. Well, she goes to the meat market where they're torturing. Uh, the Russians are torturing the the uh, scroll. Uh, the American, you know, scroll for information. So she rolls in, me market, opens the door, and there's her. There's these guys that are torturing. It's like, all right, everyone out. And so they're all. So the guy like tells all all his henchmen to leave, go out front. And she's like, hey, where, where's the secret? Where's the secret escape at? <laughs> Which I'm like, wait, what? He's like, oh, it's underneath him. So he's like, all right, good to know. You out, you out too. Get out too. So. You know, they leave her in the in the meat freezer, and so she and she's so happily and gleefully like she reminds me of of the 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 lady from Harry Potter, that evil council lady and stuff. Like she's she's demented and stuff. And she's um, so anyway, so she's pulling out her her little torture bag and stuff. She locks the door and puts a puts a, a obstruction device in front of it. And she starts asking him questions and stuff. And then she walks up to him and just cuts his finger off, holds it up like, oh yep, turned back into the scroll. Like, uh, yep, kind of knew that. You know, tosses us aside and she pulls out this this serum stuff, injects it in him, and starts cooking his blood. Like he start so he starts spilling Everything like you know the secret program, hideouts, all that stuff, and at that same time, the henchmen are out front, and then here comes Gravik and his crew, and Gravik's Mister Badass 007. Like, the <coughs> <coughs> sorry, this is why I think Hillman Fury had a really close relationship because he did so. He was doing spy attack. Like he shoots, he shoots a dude right before he chops the meat through the glass. Walks in, holds the bell and stuff. Goes in there and starts beating the crap out of people like he's Captain America himself. He like one hand picks up dude and hangs them on the meat hook and stuff, and just they're going ham on on these guys, basically soloing everyone. Really showing how badass Gravik is and stuff. Um, eventually, she hears all the commotion. She she escapes through the tunnel. And he goes in and then supposedly rescues the guy, right? So they drag him out and stuff, and they're taking him to the hideout. And then what we don't know is that a guy, that's when Gaia calls and speaks Russian to somebody. So we don't know if it's Gaia who sent the authorities to the hideout or if the, the you know, if it was uh, Sonia Farworth as she was escaping, she sent her man, her people to the hideout. But when they're driving to the hideout, it was compromised. That's when Gravik w- was like to to the American dude, the uh, scroll. Like, yeah, let's let's go somewhere else. So they take him out to the forest. Walks, you know, tells his his other henchman who kind of vouch for the guy. You know, they take him out. Gravik hands him the gun. Walks out there, shoots him. Gravik just has this non cavalier look on his face, like like a boss, like he's the head of a cartel and stuff like that. And it is what it is. Like you, I think you betray me, you die. Period. End of story. Like it was what and the thing is the guy who had to shoot him was emotional about it because he's the guy that kind of helped him transform into you know part of he's that's his second hand in command. And so really show how you know what level of operation Gravik is on. Like he is like the evil Nick Fury. Like he is 
I I will go in and do the wet work myself. I will go in and bust guys in there. I'm not just uh, I'm not just a guy who's in command and sending my soldiers. I will get down and dirty and do do my stuff. But when I tell you to do something, it gets done. So that was that whole scene. So I, I'll let you talk about. Oh, so okay. So the way you explained it gave me more appreciation for that scene. Because the scene for me, it was gruesome, it was cool, but I was like, where did we go with this? Like, she got information, but you're getting information about stuff that's, I don't want to say for as low mana the totem pole that guy was, if he mm-hmm. had that much information, he wouldn't have been left behind when the explosion happened. So for me, I didn't find that character. For him to know that much, I was like, really? That's, alright. But, the way you describe that really sounds like, and, and I know Captain America Brave New World is the new title, mm-hmm. but you can't forget that originally it was going to call a New World Order. Yeah. Yep. So for me, hearing that, hearing the levels of the circles of who the scrolls are imitating, I'm starting to believe that this entire series is just a prelude to Captain America Brave New World. And the so. reason I because I don't think we're gonna get an ending to this show. We're gonna get an ending, obviously, yeah. but I don't think we're gonna get an ending that ends this show. Yeah. We're gonna get something very much not same level but same style that as set something Infinity up. War. Yeah, Infinity War. And that snap happened and we're like, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Because the way you described it, I did not interpret it as hey, there's hiding spots, there's this. And Gravik is really like, hey, I'm not. And then he looks at Gaia when he does it. Like, mm-hmm. he looks at her receiving the gun like, hey, yep. you know what I'm capable of doing. And I, yep. I don't care who gets in my way. Yep. And I think Nick Fury's pawn that he's in the pool at the end of the season, since he, like I've shared, he doesn't have a whole lot, is going to be the new Captain America. I am. I think we're going to see Anthony Mackie season mm-hmm. finale. Okay, so here and then, and this is my last little theory here on the uh, European version of Nick Fury, Sonia Faldsworth. Um, I think she's a scroll, and it's only because of my color theory. She was wearing literally wearing a green suit with a purple little cashmere thing, green and purple. So well, like, she is a scroll. Oh, well, no, they never showed she's know her. No, they never showed she's a scroll. So. But they, but she was in the circle, right? No, With she graphic? wasn't. Nope, nope. She was not in the circle. The one that tortured, she was she was part of the, the MI6 kind of uh, spy people who captured Nick Fury. And Nick was like, no, I'll let you capture me. She was not a part of the, the, the scroll council meeting at all. So it was not uh, revealed thought, that she was a scroll at all. I thought she was the one. See, then I, yeah, I have to go back and rewatch it. I thought she was the same lady. That was like, are you guys serious? This is how we end up in war. I thought that was her. Nope. Nope. nope wow. Nope. I then I, I was watching that episode. So I wonder if she is a scroll or I think she's a scroll. Or, I, I think she's a scroll as well because she obviously knows a lot about him. Or this is our introduction to another Valentina collabora- collaboration. Okay. Because that I mean which doesn't say she still can't be a scroll, but I, I was watching that episode with the understanding that she was the same lady to find out more information about what Gravik's doing because obviously mm-hmm. she's against what he's doing. Correct. But 
I mean, her being a, a scroll makes sense. I, I mean, think she's a scroll that's against that faction of scrolls. Like yeah. she's trying to, just like the human, like just like Nick Fury, they're both trying to fight this faction that's rising up to take over the world and stuff. I that's that's I I didn't think she was a different character. And I'm now I want to go back and rewatch it because I thought like there's more I missed. But I was watching that scene as if she was a lady that did not transform to acknowledge Gravik as the scroll general. As a general. Yeah. So I thought she was the same lady. Because I mean, they, I don't want to say they look extremely different, but they don't look very, they look more similar than different. So mm-hmm. I watched that scene as if she was a step ahead of Gravik getting information. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And, man. <laughs> All right. That's that. So, any final Ooh. thoughts? You want to rate, you want to rate this episode? For me, uh, I'm going to go, let's see, I was 8.5, I think, last episode. This one, it's it's a 7.5 for me. And the reason being is because, yes, it was a great episode, but it was another episode laying down some tracks of where we're going, and we didn't get a whole lot of wow moments. I think the Easter eggs of, like, Groot and all that was cool, but it didn't, like, I wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV when I was watching that scene. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So, for me, it's a 7.5, but... No, I'm gonna go eight because of now realizing that was a separate character. I'm mm-hmm. gonna go eight on this episode. All right. So I, I said it was an eight last episode. I'm gonna stay at eight. I, I think it's it's just a, it's a solid eight. And I think episode three, which plays midnight tonight, um, or you know, tomorrow, uh, it's gonna probably ratchet up. It's either gonna hurt. Uh, my, the ratings are, are raise them up, so I don't think episode D is going to stay the same. But this episode is an eight for me. So, so I've questioned. Speaking of episode three, what are some predictions going into episode three for you? So here's my predictions. Where we're so I, I think because this is the halfway point, it would be a lot better for scrolls to start revealing themselves. That you know, just you know, start getting some of that and we get more of what the super scroll program is, whether it's, you know, a graphic just says, none of these guys are worthy to do this. I'm going to do it myself. Give me the power. And he, and he experienced like the, there, I think the super scroll program is going to be a main character in, in, in episode three. And I obviously we're going to get more of Nick Fury's wife and that relationship and that dynamic. So whatever that looks like and stuff, uh, that's going to be revealing. And I think that may reveal some things about Nick Fury himself. So whether it's like puts more doubt and said, yeah, that dude's a scroll or there's another scroll version of him. Or it's like, I think that's going to be more revealing. So I, I see that happening. And I really do think we're going to get, Maybe a glimpse of I'm hoping I'm hoping we get a glimpse that Marie Hill is operating as a ghost like she's off the grid, which is helping, which I mean, that's the best player you can have on the checkerboard is someone who doesn't exist. So that's all I have. I, I don't know where they're going to go with this. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I agree with everything you said. And my my hope and theory on this is the same thing you said, mm-hmm. but turning the chessboard around, we start seeing. On top of Maria Hill, but who does Nick Fury have in his corner? Because he's got to have something in his corner that he feels this confident going up against them. So for me, episode three, I think you're going to start seeing one of the other. I don't think you're going to see both in the same episode, 
But I think you're going to either start seeing more of the scrolls' intentions and them showing who, where they are and who they are imitating. Or in this next episode, we're going to see what Fury's game plan is because four and five, I think, should be that episode of this climax. And mm-hmm. epi- episode six is in the kind of feather it off and where we're going from here. Yeah. So this episode, we're going to see one or the other. And then episode four, I think we're going to see the opposite team start showing their tactics. Episode five be the big climactic. Episode six finishing that off with the twister. But so I'm on the same page as you. I think we're going to see someone's hands and what cards they're packing yeah. this next episode. Okay. All right. So that was a review of episode two of Secret Invasion, the spy thriller that Marvel has released out on Disney Plus. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. I hope you checked it out because we talked about it and we spoiled a lot of stuff. Uh, so, but definitely, um, you know, we definitely appreciate all of our Marvel Tribe fans. And if you want to see more of us, you know, you check us out every Wednesday. We go live with the, the main core of the whole shebang, the Waltz Apartment podcast. Uh, we're live on Facebook, so check us out on that. Um, uh, Lou, you want to tell people where they can find you if they want to know more about you and what you do? Absolutely. So you could find me on Instagram and Facebook at Sunken City Designs. Uh, you can find a bunch of my artwork, stuff like that. Um, but also, too, you could find me here on Waltz Apartment. I'm on Wednesdays Alive, you can find me with Extra Magic Hour. And then every other Monday, you can find me rambling on some BS about uh, what I think I know on Undisputed. Undisputed! Undisputed. Which, so, yeah, you Which guys saw me I, I mean, I, last night, I might have got canceled. I got to say this is one of our fastest growing entertaining shows and stuff. So it's, it's really cool to kind of watch that, that show go from idea to realization and it's really kind of picking up steam. So it, that, that show may be competing with, with Marvel tribe here on, on building their fandom and audience. Marvel tribe still going to be the, the best, but undisputed is coming. So I, I, I like, I mean, if I'm being honest, I like undisputed being that like, Shadow Child, where it's like, dude, when you hear about it, you hear about it, but in, if not, yeah, what is coming? I mean, it's mainstream, it's, it's yeah, okay, but no, okay. I have, I, I, Marvel Tribe has always been a, a fun one, and I'm excited for episode three, man. I really am. Same, I'll see you next week, brother. All right, for all you Marvel Tribe and, and Tribe. I was going to say Tribettes. You're all part of the tribe. So all you Marvel Tribe fans out there, uh, we appreciate and love you. Happy 4th of July. Be safe out there so you can see the next 4th of July. Um, And until we see you again, have a good one. Peace out. See you guys.